Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody, and happy December. It is officially holiday month, and I am so excited. I spent the weekend decorating our house. In fact, I decorated it like a week before and it felt really sad. Like I just felt like I just didn't have enough decor in the house. It wasn't very festive. So I went out on the weekend and literally bought everything. And I finally put like garland on the stairs and even did some decor in the kitchen and just kind of spread it out all over the house. We have our tree up. We actually went to this amazing tree farm and we got to cut down, uh, saw down our own tree, which was really fun. But it was like, there's literally thousands and thousands and thousands of trees. Like you're just walking through this incredible forest. It smells amazing. And you're like, oh, this one. Oh no, this tree. Oh no, this one over here. Oh no, that one. Like we just couldn't pick. There was like so many. Um, It was such an amazing experience. We got to cut down our tree and then I decorated that on the weekend and we put our Christmas lights up outside. So it's feeling totally festive and I love it. I just absolutely love this time of year. So if you haven't done your shopping yet, I'm definitely, I'm always pretty late when it comes to my Christmas shopping. Um, Actually, this year, I feel like I'm kind of on top of it. I've done a pretty good job. I have just a few people left that it's going to be like really easy stuff. So I'm I'm not in panic mode yet. But uh, if you're looking to get your shop on, I've got some really great companies and brands to share with you with some awesome discount codes. So first up, Skin or get uh, skin essence. You guys know I love their products. They're certified organic. They're non-GMO. They're gluten-free. They're vegan and just really, really high quality. And I use a lot of their products. I love their fresh facial cleanser. I really love their nourish moisturizer. Their their serum, their skin serum, their rosehip oil is beautiful. Their ocular eye serum is really great, which is definitely something this year I've been finding I really need to start using more of and really starting to take care of the skin around my eyes. And then their e-cream, it's really popular cream. It basically stands for everything cream. It's a soothing skin balm. So if you find that you have a lot of dryness, which I definitely do this time of year, I feel like the minute the heat goes on and the temperature drops outside, my skin is so dry. And I find, especially this year, I've been getting a little bit more redness than usual. So um, the e-cream, that's really what it's meant for. If you're dealing with like eczema or redness or dryness, then that's really the cream that's that's gonna help with that. So um, lots of beautiful products and their price points are so great. Like literally you'll find products anywhere from $15 all the way up to $35 and you can save 20% off their entire site. So that's a huge savings and their products are not super expensive, especially for the quality that you're getting. So I highly recommend giving them a visit. You can visit skinessenceorganics.com if you're in the US or skinessence.ca and use the coupon code healthyhormones and save 20% off. You can use that code right up until the end of this year. So definitely take advantage. And they're also doing express shipping right now, which is pretty sweet. So you will get your products in time. Uh, I would definitely recommend ordering it before the 19th of December, maybe even the, the 17th, just to make sure that you get your products in time for Christmas. So you want to play it safe there with shipping. 
but they really are doing their best to uh, do express shipping this time of year. All right. And then outside of that, for all my Canadian friends, if you haven't yet paid a visit to naturamarket.ca, tons of my favorite food brands are there. Lily's Chocolate, Simple Mills. I love all their baking mixes. Um, I use so many amazing products. I use Perfect Keto from them. I get my Vital Proteins Collagen from there. I also order the Siete products, their chips and their taco shells their soft taco wraps. I order all kinds of products. So I stock up from them probably twice a month, pretty much every other week. They also have some really great gluten-free and grain-free pastas, uh, which is amazing. So if you're looking to stock up on some really high quality products and ingredients for your pantry, you can save 15% off your very first order at naturamarket.ca. So the coupon code is healthy hormones as well. And that's 15% off your first order. And that is just a one-time coupon code. So happy shopping. And I'm actually getting some products from Natura Market. What I'm doing is I'm making up like a healthy gift basket for um, for my mother-in-law. So Gayton and I are putting together um, because this year, you know, she's actually been really conscious of her diet and eating better and really taking care of her health. And so we really want to support that process for her. And she's not really going to be familiar with some of these brands and some of these products, even though, you know, she's curious and she asks about them. So I figured let's make her up like a beautiful basket. And uh, we'll just pile it up with some really great products and some sugar-free treats and some different like grain-free and gluten-free products that she can try and baking mixes. And so she can really start to get more familiar with different brands and whatnot. So I'm putting up together a nice little healthy basket. So something that you can definitely do for somebody in your family um, or perhaps a friend or something like that. So you know, I love giving the gifts of health. I'm all for it. All right. So before we dive into our episode today, something crazy I want to share if you're listening to this in real time. So this coming Saturday, which is December 5th, Gaytan and I are actually heading out to an ayahuasca ceremony. And I don't know if you're familiar with ayahuasca. Basically, it is a very powerful plant medicine and you drink it. It's basically made into a brew, into a tea and you drink it. And it really expands your consciousness beyond your your five sensory default reality so that you can essentially experience more. So if you are looking to open doors to the truths about your past and present and future and to really connect with yourself to others, it is really going to enable deep healing and clarity and the beginning of just a new transformation. And some of you know, if you tuned into my episode with Jenny Sansusi uh, a couple of months ago, we were diving into medicinal mushrooms. And early this year, back in February or March, uh, Gaten and I both experimented with medicinal mushrooms and we went on you know, our own little journey with it. And I had quite a profound experience and I have not shared about it yet, but I will. So what I'm going to do is go to this ayahuasca ceremony on Saturday and then actually Next weekend, we are also heading up to sort of this like four-day retreat where we'll be experimenting with some other plant medicines and we'll be getting our like astrology readings and numerology readings and human design and just all the things that I'm so in love with. And so I'm so, so, so excited. I feel like it's just a really exciting way to kind of end the year and to really tap into myself and and to connect with my intuition on a much deeper level. Um, And that's why these plant 
plant medicines are here. You know, I feel like in my teens and in my early 20s, I was asked multiple times if I wanted to do ayahuasca. I had a friend that traveled to Peru. He had a very transformative experience using ayahuasca. And then he, when he came back here, he had this cottage up north and he would invite people up for ceremonies and he, he would always ask me to go. And I was just... I just wasn't feeling it. It was just not something that I felt was the right time for me. And I feel like also at that time too, in my early 20s, you know, like I I had to go through so much growing and learning and unlearning and just so much healing to get to this point now where I'm at 37 and I feel like I can really respect the journey of using these plant medicines and just just really respect them on a much deeper level than I would have in my 20s. And so that's why this has been the year of more experimentation. And so I will definitely share my experience. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I've had many friends who have used ayahuasca and I've heard some pretty wild experiences. Um, When we were speaking with basically the host who will be hosting the ceremony, she was like, you know, sometimes people are puking all night or they're pooping all night. And I was like, oh, great. Like, what a night, you know, so I have no idea what to expect. We're going with two other friends and then there will be a lot of, you know, other people there and some strangers that obviously we do not know um, will be in a yurt. And it will be basically it starts at nine o'clock at night and it ends at five in the morning and you're you're not necessarily expected to stay awake the whole night, but it is more participatory. They want you to kind of sit up for the night and the medicine that they have specifically is they, as they claim, is is a little bit more energizing and, you know, you, you shouldn't feel super tired. But if you do, you can definitely lie down um, and take some time for yourself and there's bathrooms close by, thank God, because I just really have no idea how I'm going to react to it. And on the flip side, I've also had friends who have done it where they really have not experienced anything. Um, and sometimes it might take a few tries to to kind of really tap into it. So we shall see, but I'm being open and honest and just sharing about it here. So uh, after this coming weekend, I will probably record an episode sharing my experience with it. And I might bring Gaten on and he might share his experience as well. And uh, my one girlfriend who's coming with us. So um, I might bring her on too. So she's into traditional Chinese medicine. She's a practitioner and uh, she has a clinic actually in Oakville and she's amazing and does acupuncture. And so um, I might bring her on too. And maybe we'll just all share our experience. So I will record probably two or three episodes where one, I will share my mushroom experience and let you guys in on what happened there. And then my ayahuasca experience. And then when we go to the other retreat next weekend, experimenting with some other plant medicines and whatnot, maybe I'll do an episode on that too. But either way, I'll let you guys in and I'll share it all, which is going to be really fun. And uh, I'm really excited for it. So I just wanted to plant that seed here. And you can watch me over on my Insta stories at Holistic Wellness Foodie. I definitely will not have my phone with me that evening, but leading up, I'll just be kind of giving you guys a bit of a behind the scenes of how we're prepping and preparing mentally and emotionally and all of that for the coming ceremony. So I'm really excited. All right. So that's that. Let's dive into our episode today. I'm really excited for it. I feel like it's it's good timing to actually release this episode because I know it's the time of year where we tend to overindulge and maybe eat a lot more sugar than maybe we want to um, because it's there and it's in front of us. And so 
I am bringing my friend Danielle Deem on the podcast today. She is a sugar freedom coach and a speaker who is passionate about helping women reshape their relationship with sugar so they can reclaim control over their health and energy once and for all. Having struggled with sugar addiction herself, she knows exactly how difficult and overwhelming the journey can be. Using her extensive knowledge in nutrition, personal experience, and coaching, Danny helps her clients discover a new way of living in which sugar cravings and guilt no longer controls their health and life. We have a really awesome episode today and we dive into the root causes of sugar cravings and addictive behavior in general and why so many of us fall trapped to emotional eating and what the connection is there between our emotions and sugar. And we also talk about sugar freedom and how that is, you know, how how is her approach to sugar addiction different and what it really means to have sugar freedom and some places that you can start when it comes to wanting to get off of sugar and detox from sugar. Uh, We also talk about the emotional connection and uh, it's just a really great episode and I'm really excited for it. And perhaps it will give you some amazing tools as you head into the holiday season. So let's dive in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Hi, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive in today with you. Yeah, it's going to be really, really good. We met a couple months ago on the Sugar Free Summit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Quit Sugar Summit uh, we hosted back in April. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Back (laughs) at the beginning of all of this. I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. It's like time went by so fast, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think others can relate to that definitely oh, this totally. year. <laughs> I know. I'm like I can't even believe I'm planning like 2021 stuff right now for our business. Like it's crazy to even think that. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So before we dive in today, can you share with our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm coach Danny and I've for the last 5 years I've been building my business and helping women really reshape their relationship with sugar. And it's actually been really interesting, um, Samantha, you know, and and everyone listening every year that I'm working with clients, I'm uncovering different levels of depth of what's actually going on. And it's really, it's really fascinating. And, and, um, you know, my kind of whole mantra around it is really realizing that, you know, our relationship with food, sugar, addictive habits, um, you know, patterns that we're running or bad habits that we're struggling with, have nothing to do with actually those things. They all have to do with our inner world and our relationship with ourselves and our beliefs about ourselves. So it's much more than just helping people get off of sugar. I mean, that's a piece of it and really overcoming. I mean, I have my own story with, with sugar addiction um, and really getting to a place where there's that healthy relationship with it. And it really starts by building a healthy relationship with ourselves, which is hard for people to swallow sometimes because it's, not easy work like mm-hmm. to have to go inward and have to do the deeper work, but mm-hmm. it is really the only way to create lasting change and that peace and happiness that we're all searching for, especially when we're, you know, living lives, you know, decades of fighting against food, fighting against our bodies. And, um, there is a way out of it. And, and that's, you know, what I'm passionate about spreading, spreading the word about and, and uh, helping my clients with. That's beautiful. I love that you do that, that work because it's so needed and, 
in my 15 years of coaching, trust me, like I've, it's the same thing, right? Like you people think you're going to dive into nutrition, which is of course a big part of what we do and nutrition and supplements and lifestyle stuff. But it, as I always say, like, it's always beyond the plate. Like it's so much more than that. And when it really comes to transformation, there is so much of that deep inner work that, that needs to happen. So I know that you've had your own story around sugar addiction. I'd love it if you can kind of give us a bit of a background and what that looked like. Absolutely. Yeah. What a wild ride. Um, I think like so many people and probably all of you listening, you know, that, that craving and that, you know, love for sugar started at childhood for me. Um, I grew up in a pretty typical you know, normal household. I had a brother. We were the, the four people in the household, right? A brother and me and my dad, and mom, and both my parents are from um, European descent. And especially around my mom's family, my mom um, has always been extremely addicted to sugar. And, and that was really brought into our household. I mean, I didn't know all this at the time, right? But I'm looking back sure. now, reflecting, yes. of course, you know, there was always dessert after dinner. We, we even had, um, like this trunk that actually had a lock on it with goodie bags in it that we would make. And if we were good, we got to go to the trunk and like grab a goodie bag and overdose on sugar. Um, I used to sneak into the kitchen and steal my dad's sugar cubes. I remember like loading my pockets and going to my bedroom and just eating sugar cubes. And so no doubt my palate and my mouth was totally hijacked. Like so many kids, you know, these days with, with sugar. And that's kind of all I wanted. Uh, I was extremely picky eater because all I wanted was white carbs. I wanted to just eat pasta and bagels and, and sugar. And I'm sure it drove my mom crazy. I, she's a saint for, for putting up <laughs> with it. Um, <laughs> but that was really the start for me, obviously in, in really hijacking my brain, my taste buds and, you know, growing up through life, you know, like any woman, I started kind of paying it, paying more attention to, you know, who are not wanting to gain weight and, and my body and, um, you know, going into university shifting, obviously into living on my own and, and, um, you know, doing the best that I could, you know, I thought I was eating healthy, you know, I was eating salads, you know, loaded with sugary salad dressings I was eating, right. you know, and then every Friday it would be pizza and ice cream and drinking at the club and all the stuff. Mm you know, without really much thought as to the damage I was doing my body. I think that so many people can relate to that when you're younger, you're invincible, right? I wasn't really gaining weight the way I was eating, you know, I was young and skinny and healthy. And, you know, um, I didn't really understand the link between what I was eating and the future that it would give me. And that moment really came to me when actually my husband and I, um, quit our jobs in the finance industry. And we went and traveled to South America for a year. And it was on that trip that we really, you know, did this inner work. This, this was the whole journey of my inner work. <laughs> like Amazing. that's where it started. I got introduced to meditation. I got introduced to a whole new way of viewing food and the relationship. You know, I lived on some farms where we were eating off the land and it was just this much more connected, deep rooted uh, relationship with food and with nourishing my body. And that was kind of the first sort of spark for me. And it was on that trip towards the end, actually, that I went through sugar detox by accident. It was on one of those, we were in the middle of the jungle in Colombia, of all places at a yoga retreat. And, and, uh, I just remember all the horrible withdrawal symptoms, all the thing the the headaches, I was hungry in the middle of the night for weird reasons. I remember being really tired and feeling sick and not really knowing what was going on. And, um, you know, it just really fueled this, this passion of mine to understand more about how food actually, you know, impacted my body as I was getting older and how it made me feel. 
And when we came home a couple of weeks after my accidental detox that I didn't really know what was going on until (laughs) later, I really started diving into the world of nutrition and getting really passionate about like how I'm going to nourish my body. And it became really clear to me really quickly that I was super addicted to sugar. Um, Because as soon as we accidentally went through our detox, both my husband and I realized, hey, we're not actually craving sugar anymore. Or wow, like this Starbucks caramel frappuccino that I was so excited to have coming back from a year long trip tasted disgusting. I, I couldn't drink it um, because my taste buds had changed. And, and then as I continued sort of diving into that for myself and, and starting to build my business and health coaching and nutritional coaching on the side, I really deeply started understanding for me, you know, looking at my mother's family and my genetics and seeing the mass amounts of chronic disease that riddled, you know, my family and, you know, has killed my grandparents and, you know, my whole mom's side of the family is obese to this day and really struggling with all the things, the high blood pressure, the diabetes, the cancer, the heart disease. Um, so that was really eye-opening for me, seeing the way that my mom was living her life and how it's completely ruined her health. And, and there was a moment where I just realized like, if I keep eating the way I'm eating and, and, living, you know, this high stress life that I, that I lived, which we could talk about another moment, but yeah, uh, that was going to be my future. And I just really got clear that, uh, no, that was not going to be my future. And I was not going to let, you know, you know, genetic predispositions decide that that was going to be the life I wanted to live. So that was really, you know, and to this day is still a huge motivation for me, uh, you know, in, in doing what I'm doing and uh, looking after myself and realizing like, I want to live you know, the best life that I can have. And for me, that means hiking and traveling when I'm 90, you know, when I'm a hundred and not being, you know, riddled with, with disease and being held back from that. So yeah, that's, that's the quick story. Wow. (laughs) It's a powerful story. And, you know, I know it's one that so many people can relate to. Like I think back to my childhood too, and it's, it's, I never would have thought about sugar addiction as a child or even just my family or my parents being addicted. But like when you look back and I'm like, pretty much all of our meals consisted of white bread or white rice or white, like everything was geared towards starch. Right. And then yes, dessert. And then eating pop tarts for breakfast. Like, you know, it's like, you don't think about it until yeah, many, many years go by. And then, and then even then it's like, giving it the time and the attention to really think back of like, where did this, where did this come from? Because sometimes we think like, oh, it just, it happened overnight. And it's like, no, like really dive in and go back into that health history and your family health history. And, you know, it's been ingrained in you from, from so little. So it's a powerful story. So I'm just so curious, like you were in the finance world and just one day you were like, let's just travel for a year. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Such a good question. I love that you asked that. Cause this is a big part of like my whole inner story and learning to really tap into my purpose and, and who I was and my real identity, um, all the inner stuff. Yeah. My husband and I both graduated from uh, university with our degrees in finance. And we thought, uh, you know, uh, that was going to be the best way to help people with something stressful, right? I've, I've always had an inner drive to like help people with something that really stresses them out that causes them a lot of anxiety. And I've always been great with numbers. Like I was, I was always the A student in math and, and science classes. Like that was my type. I can't um, say the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this just feels natural. And, and I really right. enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning about all that in university and went off to uh, the, the big city. Um, I'm using quotation marks. I know you guys can't see me, but <laughs> 
that big of a city, but I worked in, in one of the high net worth apartments in one of our big banks here in Canada. And, um, it was, uh, for lack of a better word, completely soul sucking. Um, and it was really a huge piece and it really ties in with, with my journey with sugar at that point in like, I really slipped quickly into like depression and being really anxious. Uh, it was a toxic work environment to the max. Um, I'm grateful by the way, in this moment for that experience, because it helped, you know, create, you know, everything that I've overcome and learned since then, very grateful for the experience. But in the moment, uh, it was very toxic, toxic people, toxic culture, toxic environment. And, um, it took me two years of struggling through it to realize, wait a second, there's more to life. And I have my husband to very much, uh, you know, thank for that. He's always been very entrepreneurial minded and, and he was getting fed up in his role at, at a different company. And, and we just started having conversations of like, how do we work for ourselves? How do we get out of this rat race? Like maybe there's more to life. And, um, it always been a dream of mine to not only learn Spanish, but also to, to travel abroad for a year, like a good stint of time. So at some point we just said enough was enough and decided, okay, let's do it now. Like if we're not gonna, you know, do it now while we're young and healthy and, um, let's, let's go for it. So we both got up the guts to, to quit our jobs. And, and it was during that, like, you know, when we're talking about, I don't know if we'll touch on that today, like the whole emotional eating piece that I do big work with my clients and, you know, reflecting back, like that was my coping mechanism. I would come home after a day at the office, you know, where I worked late, not paid because I was expected to. And, um, you know, I would come home, I would grab a bottle of wine, I would make some pasta or grab some candy and I would go and watch Netflix in the bath. Like that was my thing. And I was miserable and God, don't even get me started. I I don't even know what was going on with my hormones. I'm sure they were all over the place at that (laughs) point you know, but I was short tempered with Ben. I was always cranky. Like I was miserable and, um, I can't believe I made it two years, but anyway, so that's, that's kind of the story and the journey with that. And I'm just so grateful that I, that I woke up to my inner calling and, and I was bold enough because it's scary. Just quit my job and I had no idea what I was going to do. And, and that trip really sparked obviously something in me and in changing my health and then wanting to help others. So that's amazing. Yeah, I don't remember anything from my finance degree. Uh, <laughs> I don't even right? manage my money anymore. Ben does it all. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, same for me. I went to university and did a, a bachelor of arts and I did um, a specialist in religion. Like I got, which wow. is really cool. Cause I got to study like Chinese culture and Japanese culture and Buddhism. And it was really, really cool. I did a lot of studies in Buddhism and cause I was like, I, I want to go be a teacher and well, no, that didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> well, you are teaching. Definitely. Right. And yeah, in my own way, for sure. So we definitely are going to touch on the emotional connection with sugar, but I'd love to chat about, you know, the root cause of our cravings and addictive behavior when it comes to sugar. Maybe you can expand on that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a big question. So let's see what I can do here. So for everybody, it is really different. Um, for, for a lot of people and what I really see, there's, there's definitely a couple themes for a lot when it comes to cravings. One of the biggest ones being like our emotional connection to it, which we can dive into more in a bit. Um, the second one being, um, just taking a look at society, you know, so there's this, this huge push from the food industry to, to make us addicted to sugar. And that's just a a sad truth. And, um, you know, our, society pushes it, you know, at every occasion, at every, you know, gathering, um, 
for celebrations, all that, right, is really, um, the temptation is everywhere and really drives us to, you know, obviously when we see it, we crave it, right? So there's this, this real response, you know, um, you know, on a visual level as well as the emotional level. And then of course, there's the, there's the actual biological, you know, addiction, right? The, the dopamine hit in the brain, the, you know, the hormones all out of whack when we really influx our body with huge hits of, um, of sugar. And actually this, this is maybe uh, helpful to, to identify. Cause I think when a lot of people talk about sugar, there's so many different definitions. So I just want to sh- clarify <laughs> for everyone listening. My definition of sugar, um, is any of that, uh, processed added sugar that's in its most basic form. So that can be white pasta, white bread. It's also like agave and coconut sugar. It's not just the white table sugar, right? So it's right. all those, um, those really refined, you know, straight hits of sugar. For me, I don't necessarily go, I personally don't go down the line of whole grains and, you know, root vegetables. I think those are, you know, great. At least they work really well in my life and full of lots of vitamins and minerals. So most people, it's the processed food. It's the quick hit of sugar that just spikes your insulin levels, does havoc, you know, in your body, um, and really hijacks. Like I talked about my story, your brain, your taste buds, um, and all of that. So so would you, you know, categorize like raw honey and maple syrup? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Those are sugar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, they're, they're, they're all like, you know, maybe the tiniest bit difference in terms of, um, the hit or the release on your body, but, For sure. but it's still sugar, 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 sugar. sugar. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions I used to speak, um, back when I could, you know, in public (laughs) and workshops and stages. And, and that was all often the most surprising piece for people. They're like, wait a second. I thought sugar was just white sugar, right? Right. No, no. It's also maple syrup. So don't fool yourself and Um, your bread and your dessert and your rice and your quinoa. And like, yeah. yeah, Right. So many of us don't, don't realize. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I know so many of us fall into this trap of emotional eating you know, there's so many emotional triggers that drive us to sort of this addictive behavior and drive those cravings and whatnot. What is that connection between Mm -hmm. emotions and sugar? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because I'm so passionate about just opening this conversation up and and planting the seed for everybody listening. It was actually just over a year ago for myself that I really realized after working, you know, for a few years with clients, like it all came back to this one thing. And it was all this, um, this real fact that in our culture, we have not been taught how to sit with our uncomfortable emotions. So there's actually two pieces going on with the, with the emotion. The first one being, um, that right from childhood, sugar is connected to every single emotion, right? Joy, eat sugar, (laughs) sadness, eat sugar, celebration, eat sugar, right? I've often challenged people when I do um, talks in person, like, can anybody tell me an emotion that's not linked to sugar? And I've still yet to find one. So uh, if anyone listening comes up with something, I'd love for you to challenge me on that. But um, every single emotion really gets, you know, put in our brain and, you know, in terms of sugar. And I even see it, you you can start when you're aware of this, you can start even looking at advertising for food industries. Um, We have tons of like grocery stores around here that have a slogan called eat happy. And it's always a cupcake on the photo, Mm. right? So they're telling you happiness equals cupcakes, right? Right. Or sugar gives you happiness. So there's this, you know, constant bombardment from the media and food companies, you know, really reinforce and movies, right? If your boyfriend dumps you, you eat a tub of ice cream. For sure. How many movies have we seen? (laughs) Right. Yep. 
Yeah. So, true. so that's one piece, you know, those, those links and those patterns that we're running subconsciously or consciously, but the biggest piece that I feel, and this is where I've been doing a lot more work with my clients this last year and really seeing huge shifts is, uh, really being okay feeling crappy. I hope I can use that word here. Of course, totally. <laughs> feeling like crap. Um, because as human beings, we have the whole roller coaster of emotions. And right from, again, starting from childhood, everything starts with childhood. You know, we're taught to suck it up, stop crying, let's go get some ice cream, right? You fall down, you scrape your knee, let's get you out of that emotional state with a hit of sugar or with a distraction. It is the base of any addictive behavior, any addiction, right? It's this inability to sit with yourself because it feels so awkward and uncomfortable and strange and unsafe for a lot of people. A lot of people, there's this belief that being emotional or feeling is unsafe. Um, and for one reason or another, that's a belief that's kind of come in through, through life. And it's not until we can begin to honor, you know, the grief, the sadness, the depression, the anxiety, the stress, like these heavy emotions, um, you know, and, and know that we're okay to be in them, that we can start to break that pattern between escaping, right? There's, we're just escaping, right? We're escaping ourselves, the way we feel. So there's this, you know, really ingrained pattern in, in, I'd say all of us, you know, at some level, and I'm still working on this for me, um, you know, in terms of, you know, numbing out or escaping certain things when we're uncomfortable in our body and food yes. is the most socially acceptable, uh, cheapest, easiest way to do that. Right. And we get kind of shown that that's how you do it. Right. That movie where the girl got dumped and eats the ice cream. Oh, that's how I'm supposed to cope. Right. Um, so instead of actually using inner tools and understand and, and honoring our emotions, all of them, not just the happy ones, all right. of them and realizing this is the conversation. Like so many people believe that we shouldn't feel bad emotions, right. Or uncomfortable emotions. Um, and that's total BS. They're all part of being human. Um, I think there's a line, obviously, if you're feeling them every day, all day, you know, there might be something out of alignment or something to look at for you. Um, but they're part of being human on an, on a daily basis. I'll feel overwhelmed or stressed or anxious or sad or, and it just ebbs and flows. And I know that it's okay to feel those things and I don't need to, you know, go for food to, to soothe or to get that comfort or to, and I think that's the, that's the biggest inner work that, um, I've seen as being hugely powerful in terms of our relationship with food and our relationship with ourselves, which is one in the same really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that was a really great explanation of that. And I know that there's not one answer to this question, but in terms of feeling those emotions and working through them, like what are some strategies that you would suggest? Yes. I love that. Um, thank you for asking that. And I think this opens up an important note to say first as well, is that there's, there's actually two pieces. Once you start, you know, committing this to yourself that, okay, I'm going to work on, um, you know, being okay, feeling the feelings, feeling all the feelings there's the first step. And I can't stress this enough. The first step is learning to sit with those feelings and just be sad, be stressed, <laughs> be right you know, grieving to feel it in your body, to actually reconnect with how that feels, um, and, and what sensations come up in your body. And then second step, once you've practiced that and you're getting a handle on that, then we can start tapping into learning to process the energy because emotions are just 
energy in motion, right? Mm -hmm. I love that saying. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there are tools that we can use to process, you know, going for a walk or, or talking it out, or there's lots of different healthy things to do. Um, but so many people jump straight to that step without actually getting comfortable in their own bodies, feeling the feels first. So that's why I really wanted to just indicate that first, you know, before just jumping into, you know, finding a new technique, okay, instead of eating, I'm going to go for a walk, but you're still the root problem of being uncomfortable in your body. And, um, is still there. And uh, unless you do that first, so some things that are, you know, really great to, to start with is even just, um, checking in with yourself before you eat anything. This is something I always try to get my clients to do just 10 seconds, just asking, how am I feeling in this moment, um, uh, before eating anything and not judging it or, you know, pushing against it, just honoring, Oh, I'm actually feeling really stressed right now, or I'm feeling lonely or, or I'm feeling joyous and happy. Right. And, the more you can just check in every time. And I think this is one of the most powerful habits, you know, until this becomes second nature, um, you know, it really brings such deep awareness to, Oh, like I eat every time I'm lonely or, and no judgment again. Like it's just, it's just a fact. It's not good or bad. It's just something for you to acknowledge and then be able to, to, to work through, um, something else that's really powerful is obviously a journaling practice. Um, you know, journaling, you know, daily is really powerful. Um, for me, uh, meditation is a no brainer. <laughs> um, really tuning inward and connecting with myself. Um, and, and just again, like that commitment. So I've committed, and this was my journey, um, with the emotional piece is committing to sitting with it. Um, so committing to, okay, next time I'm stressed, I'm going to go and sit down for a minute, close my eyes and just feel what it's like to be stressed maybe journal it out, um, right. and just be with it. So just the more you can practice that, this is such a journey, by the way, it's, and it, it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I don't know if listening, if this is something that's really terrifying you right now, I've, I've had that with a lot of clients, like, what are you talking about? I have to feel because there's these walls that have been put up. Yes. Um, so go slow, you know, really be gentle with yourself, you know, just checking in even once a day, you know, to get started on really reconnecting yourself with your body and reconnecting with, with that inner wisdom and, and knowing another tool. And the, the last tool I'll share here is, that I've actually really started using recently. And I'm curious, Matt, if you've ever heard of it is neurodynamic breath work. Mm -hmm. So there's actually a, a guy in the States I've started doing his workshops online and it is an extremely powerful. And if you're a beginner in this, you know, feeling world, this might be kind of next level for you. Right. Um, so maybe add that to the, you know, maybe in a couple months kind of thing, but it's a really deep inner practice, um, of very deep subconscious, essentially meditation and breath work. Um, that has been very powerful in helping me release old stagnant emotions and, and, um, you know, stuff that needs to be released to, and I just be that. with myself. So great. Well, yeah, you can definitely things. share if you want to share the link to that, and then we can put it in the, in the show yeah. notes and then our yeah, listeners can grab that. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's also recognizing that like this work with the emotions and whatnot, it, it takes a long time. It's actually it's not like you reach a point one day and you're like, Oh, that's it. It's over. I'm done with this. I accomplished this. <laughs> right. It's it's lifetime because things are always going to continue to show up in life as, as we're building businesses, relationships, marriage, kids, whatever it is, right. You know, meeting new people, losing people in our lives. Like it's, it's constant work. And the more you do it, you just get better. You get better and better and better at handling it. And, you know, something I always talk about with like a lot of my clients and, and students and whatnot is, is like the fear 
you know, you get really good at recognizing the fear and it's, it's like basically this fear that maybe might last weeks and weeks and weeks on end. You, as you get good at understanding it, it goes from weeks to days, to hours, Mm -hmm. to minutes, to seconds. Like that's, that's what the process is. It's not that you're, it goes away. It's just, you just get so much better at recognizing it and acknowledging it and like utilizing that energy. Right. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because it really is a journey and, and I don't want people to be discouraged by that. Uh, listening to this, right. It gets so much easier as you go, like, like Samantha's saying, and, um, one of the things, you know, is like the more you practice this, and I think one of the, uh, one of the, you know, pillars of kind of understanding when you're, you know, I, I hate to use the word success because that's so subjective, but um, yeah. successful in this journey is, I believe is, you know, how quickly you can bounce back. So if you go through a spurt of, you know, sadness or depression, like, does it last a week or does it last a day? Right. And when those emotions come up, you know, how, you know, how graceful. And I think it's just, it's the mindset and the thought patterns as well. Like what sort of stories come up when you're feeling those emotions, right. And are you pushing against them? Are you really softening and allowing them to flow through you, um, and pass with ease versus fighting against them, right? Like, why am I stressed? I don't want to be stressed anymore. And why won't this grief go away? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So I think the testament to how well we're doing in that is how, how graceful we are and how, how loving we are with ourselves as we, as we kind of let that, let that flow. And, and a reminder for everyone on this topic too. Um, and I, I came up across this and I really want to share it because I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to is like, there's almost this, we live in this world, right. Where we want, you know, we want instant results, right. We want this stress to go away right away. And when it comes to emotions and energy, different energies in our body, they have their own timeline. So this has been a big piece of inner work is actually just releasing like this grief needs, I'm going to take a week off of work and uh, all my grief's going to be gone. Right. Right. But what if the grief needs to hang around for a month? Right. And how can you really allow that and make space for that in your life? Uh, maybe going, slowing down, you know, um, spending more you know, time relaxing and letting that process instead of trying to force it to be gone, you know, by the next day. Um, so that's, that's a piece of really releasing, you know, the, the timeline and the expectations around that, especially when it comes to emotions. Totally. That's really important. And I think another thing to mention is like, for those listening, where we are at in our journeys, like it's been years upon years upon years and years of work. Right. So I don't want people to look at us thinking, well, it's so easy for you guys. It's like, We've both been working on this, you know, at least for myself, like 20 plus years of, of doing this work. And that's why I'm at where I am now. So, and as I'm sure it's the same, it's the same for you, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, you, you've definitely got a couple of years on me, but for yeah. me, it's definitely Which is all good. You know, yeah. <laughs> you should be telling us what to do. No. Uh, yeah. For me, it's been, you know, a deep dive five years really when I became my new addiction was really learning about myself and, and, uh, the personal growth journey and, and diving inward, um, yeah, it's been, yeah. and it's ongoing. I, I, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out. It's ongoing, but it gets so much easier to identify what's going on and to flow through and to have no, you know, your tools, right? Yes. The pattern, you know, is still there. It's let's go for food, right? I feel this reach for ice cream, reach for whatever it is, you know, go to McDonald's, right? Whatever it is. So, uh, over time, those patterns, you can start to rewire them, um, through repetition and time. Yes. And this is why a lot of people don't want to do this work, unfortunately, yeah. you know, and I'm so grateful and I'm hoping that this is inspiring you listening to at least start, um, going down that path and, um, you know, looking into this for you. 
For sure. So sugar freedom, I want to dive into this because I know it's a, you know, it's a term that you use. It's obviously kind of like, like this place you want to get your clients to, right? So how is your approach to sugar addiction different than, you know, somebody else's approach and what does sugar freedom really mean? What does that even mean? I know. Yes. And it's funny. I see other people using it, obviously in the online space, kind of in a different way. Um, so for me, sugar freedom. And okay. So here's how I'm a bit different. And I see this, I mean, I work with obviously, you know, running the quit sugar summit, I've got access to yes. um, all of the experts in the sugar space and they all kind of have a, you know, there's almost two sides to the story. There's people who believe, you know, we should get off of sugar and stay off of it forever. And my belief and, and kind of why what I do is different is really, you know, as we kind of touched on, um, I believe that when we can really truly do the inner work, tune in, heal, shift our, you know, our belief patterns that are holding us back and really rewire all those subconscious patterns. I believe that we can have an empowered healthy relationship with sugar. So I eat sugar. I welcome sugar into my life and, and I'm in the driver's seat. So there's a big difference in the relationship, you know, with it. I don't use it for any reason. I choose to eat sugar when I want in moderation. Um, and I make those choices out of a place of love and control. And, and, and also I acknowledge when, when, you know, I went on vacation and, oh my goodness, I've had maybe a little bit more than I normally want to. And I right. just kind of slide right back into, you know, the old patterns and, and habits of eating because I've, I'm in that place of what I call, that's what I call sugar freedom. It's this freedom from not only the guilt and the shame, you know, whenever I choose to indulge, but also from the restriction. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of really toxic mindset stuff that comes out of restriction. Um, and for Definitely. anyone listening, who's ever been on a fad diet or done mm -hmm. weight watchers or any of those, those programs, yep. uh, probably everybody listening, right. We've all done some of them. Um, if not all of them, you know, that that toxic mentality of you can't have this, or you can't do this. I believe we can empower ourselves to make choices that feel right when we have our foundational pieces solid. Absolutely. Um, right. And, and for each person, that's a different journey. It takes a different amount of time. It's different inner work. Yep. Um, and, um, but it's so, it's so incredibly rewarding and it's so, um, just freeing. That's why I call it freedom to be in this, this space. So my approach is different because I don't, you know, I don't focus on detoxing from sugar in my programs. Yeah, it's a part of it. Um, but my focus with my clients is doing that deep inner work. So we really dive in and I always get emails from my clients. As, like when we start working together, um, the first couple of weeks, they say, wow, I'm really surprised. Like we haven't talked about food yet. <laughs> like, well, yeah, right. cause it has nothing to do with food. <laughs> yep. Like, wait a second. I thought we were going to be talking about meal planning and what I should eat. And um, nope, surprise. It's, it's much deeper than that. So, um, you know, and that's what I've seen, obviously creating real lasting shift and change when we can start to shift our mindsets and the way we think and the things we tell ourselves and our beliefs about ourselves. So that's, that's the approach that I take. Um, and it's, it's quite different a lot of, you know, than obviously the people out there, um, saying, let's just get off sugar forever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love that approach because, it's true. It's one thing to get off sugar, but if you're not addressing, which is like really the core foundational piece, which is that emotional connection, it's not going to lead to lasting change. Right. And so initially, yeah, maybe you do have to go cold Turkey or it has to be very strict in the beginning and you're working through all this and the challenges. Yeah. That beginning phase might be a bit of a challenge and it will be hard, but yeah. then you can get to this point where you have the sugar freedom. And yep. like you said, your, your relationship to sugar and to food is, is just so different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like 
I have a sore throat. I'm going to have a little bit of raw honey in my tea and not like beat yourself up over it. Or I'm going to a birthday party and I'm enjoying the cake. And, you know, like I always say, like nothing in my diet is off limit. Like nothing is off limit. I can eat whatever I want to eat. And I love to bake. I do sugar-free baking, but I also am very clear on how I want to feel, what works for my body. Am I reaching for this because it's something that I truly want Mm -hmm. or is it filling some sort of void or gap for me? Like after, yeah, just like you said, after doing that work, that relationship to food for me has, um, it's just really strengthened so that nothing is off limits. It's just recognizing, you know, what works for me and what doesn't. And and choosing mindfully as, you know, as I'm sure that's kind of the place that you're at now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I hope everybody can get to, you know, through their own, their own journey. I mean, it's just, um, you know, we're just a testament and and here kind of shouting from the rooftops of how amazing that feels just to feel free. You know, I, I, so many of my clients, you know, reflect back, like there's this fight against our body or food, always thinking about food, always worrying about food, always guilting ourselves. Right. Yes. Almost. And that's, that's a mentality brought in by the diet industry of like fighting against your body to lose weight, right. Or fighting. It's, it has to be a fight. You've got to push and willpower and all this right. stuff. Right. What if we just like we're gentle. And what if we actually leaned into self-love and, and really tuned into ourselves? I believe like once our at our core, once we're there with ourselves and really connected with ourselves that we can, will naturally choose the things that are, that are nourishing to our body. Yes. Right. I think that's just, that just becomes a byproduct, right? When you love yourself so deeply and you're so connected and aware uh, of what feels good and what doesn't and the the lifestyle you want to live. And uh, we were chatting, you know, about how I want to be when I'm, you know, 90, you know, you know, so you know, when you can connect so deeply with all that, I think it just becomes effortless to, to make those choices and to, but obviously there is a, you know, period of time where it's extremely helpful to get that sugar out of your diet, out of your body, because right. it is hijacked your cells. Right. Yes. So that is important that in important, I don't want to overskip that it's an important piece, but that's the piece everybody focuses on. And then they, you know, they do the 30 days sugar-free and I'm sure a lot of people are going to do that in January. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, they're back, you know, back yep. into the old patterns, the old habits, because the foundation hasn't changed. Totally. Um, the same, the same patterns are there. You can't just replace them, you know, a, a different food item or a different thing. You've got to go inward. So Absolutely. Um, it's, it's very important. I love that. So for somebody that's listening and is like, okay, I'm ready to do this. I want to go sugar-free. What is, or where is the best place for them to start? Oh, yes. So um, obviously there's, there's a difference between wanting to, wanting to go sugar-free and wanting to actually do the inner work, right? Yes. And they can be done together. I mean, getting the sugar out of the body can be really helpful in clearing your mind to help you actually do the work, right? When you take that crutch away, you have to force yourself to look at the, at the things, you know, the, from the inner world. So, um, you know, getting started, you, my biggest suggestion would be, you know, if this is sort of a brand new topic to you, you know, it's not jumping in the deep end. It's really just kind of easing your way into it. And as I mentioned before, checking in with yourself before you eat anything, right. Checking in with yourself and and really just keeping a log of that, not logging what you're eating. Uh, I don't believe in doing that. Um, It can be really, you know, beneficial for, you know, building awareness around what's going on, but you know, really tuning in and practicing connecting with your body. So at mealtime or before eating anything is a really good time to do that. And you'll start to notice patterns, right? And you'll start to, even just by asking, how am I feeling? You're starting to reconnect with your body. Uh, Because a lot of the eating we do is completely mindless, right? And it's not for actual hunger reasons. It's because of 
mostly emotional reasons or other, you know, other cues that are showing up. So really that would be a a big step to, to start another very important piece. And actually where my whole journey started was learning to label read. Like, you know, we've been taught to only look it's at true. salt on package labels, but let's look at the sugar and more importantly, the list of ingredients. This is something I really want to highlight because oftentimes like the sugar in a, you know, if you're eating something in a package, which, you know, ideally you're going to start cooking, you know, maybe one new meal a week with, with whole real foods, right. In the vegetable section, right? Um, but learning to label read and really take a look at how much sugar is in something, but the list of ingredients, I really want to point out because it can be really tricky. And I don't know, you know, if anyone's listening in the States or other countries, I'm sure your labeling laws are different than here in Canada. Um, but they don't often, um, you know, separate out the added sugar and the natural sugar. So if you're getting something that has like whole grains in it or, or something, um, it can be a little misleading. So a great place to start is just reading the ingredients and taking a look, even if the top five ingredients are sugar or, and educating yourself in actually the many names of sugar. That might be fun for a lot of people. Um, there's over 90 different names, probably yes. actually that was like from two years ago, that fact that I keep sharing. So it's probably right. like 200 now that right. food manufacturers have created. Um, so it's hard to identify, like, is there sugar in this? Cause it's got all these fancy chemical names. So you know, best, best bet is just to avoid anything with fancy chemical names in it, but really just learning to label read and be curious. Right. And then start making the decision to get the salsa that doesn't have added sugar in it or right. the salad dressing that doesn't have added sugar in it. For sure. And you'll just become really aware. I actually found sugar in tea the other day, which was a, actually a couple months ago, which was shocking. Wow. Like they add it to everything. So, so that's true. a really empowering piece. Like just becoming a more empowered, um, and becoming an investigator sort of in the grocery store. And then, like I just said, Another thing just to get started would be, you know, if you're, if you're on the, you know, fast food kind of diet or, or you're not really cooking for yourself would be finding ways to make cooking fun and, and trying one new like whole foods recipe. I know Samantha, you have a ton of recipes. I've got some on my website too. Um, I mean, the World Wide web is incredible for sure. Um, right there's now. No so there's, shortage there's, there's no shortage of recipes. You have no excuses yeah. <laughs> to cook. Um, so that's, that's a big piece. Um, you know, if you're wanting to get started. So that would, that would sort of be the the beginner steps, I would say, you know, in terms of getting started. That's really good. And so I want to dive into wine for a second, because I know oh, you're a yes. wine lover. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, some of the women that are listening are probably like, oh my God, this means I have to give up my wine. And yeah, maybe temporarily it does, you know, but I would love to hear from you, you know, how does this fit into the mix of going sugar-free And, you know, for somebody who's going, who's new to going sugar-free, how does that fit into the mix? And then how does it fit in for your lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So I love that you brought that up because yeah, I definitely love wine and that's my choice. Like my sugar indulgence choice. Right. Um, right. With this moderation, this lifestyle I live, um, you know, I get to choose, when I have it. Right. And, and also acknowledge that, you know, for many listening, and this is something that I've struggled with is wine is a huge sugar trigger for a lot of people. Coffee is as well, by the way, because it just wreaks, I mean, just total havoc on your hormones. Right. So it's getting you craving all these things. So just being aware of what your triggers are. Um, but for someone getting started, you know, don't panic. Okay. I'm, I'm here like living this lifestyle and I still get to drink my wine. So you can too, but yes, there's a period of time. Like we talked about, like if you're, if you're cleaning your body and if you're going through the couple weeks or months period, you know, of, of not having sugar, then the wine does need to go. 
it does need to be out, um, you know, all alcohol ideally. Um, but yes, it is, it is definitely sugar, right? Delicious fermented sugar, but still sugar. (laughs) So, um, you know, and then when you, you know, get to that place where you, you feel more in control and you've done the inner work, um, you know, it can be a part of, you know, your moderation, like I'm choosing and I'm, I'm choosing to do that. And I also keep a very close eye on it. Like, Ooh, did I have too many glasses last night? All right. So I'm actually in a stint right now where I'm like no drinking during the week and I'll just have some on the weekend, you know, and really just being aware of, of kind of what's going on. Like we've talked about the whole theme of this, really just having that awareness of how it makes you feel, what you want, like what you're choosing. And and being aware, am, am I choosing to have this glass of wine because I'm seeking comfort or relaxation or I'm numbing out? Uh, you know, is there another reason behind it? And just, right. you know, understanding that, or is it just because I love wine and I'm going to have a glass tonight, right? So there's a different energy behind it. And, um, you know, I think so many people use use wine, right? It's another socially acceptable, delicious drink <laughs> to to soothe and to, to relax at the end of the day. I mean, that's what I used to do, right? I take the whole bottle with me into the bath and watch Netflix and pig out, right? Like that was my, you know, would make me, you know, feel good, even though it never did the next morning, right? right. but it was kind of, you know, that, like that coping, unhealthy relationship coping mechanism. Yeah. 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 So okay. I hope that helps. Yeah, no, that definitely helps. Do you have any tips for like choosing a wine? Oh, what to that's look a for? great question. Yeah. Great question. So in terms of sugar content, red wines tend to have less. So uh, white wines, I mean, depending on the, the varietal, I'm, I'm definitely not a sommelier, although I used to live next door to one, which was, oh, definitely, awesome. which was definitely trouble. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, so like white wines and rosés are, are usually a lot higher in sugar content. For sure. And then like with any sugar, this is actually a really important tip is make sure you're not, you know, eating it on an empty stomach, right? When you can pair sugar with healthy fats and protein, you're going to slow the release of the sugar into your bloodstream. Yes. So make sure you're not just, just having wine for dinner, <laughs> or maybe you have like a cheese and cra- cracker platter, you know, at the same time, or you're making sure that you're getting some other, um, you know, some fats some protein, um, you know, at the same time. So that, that could be something that really supports as well. But yeah, that's a great question. So that's, that's, that's kind of the gist of what I know. I don't know in specific, you know, the, the very specific varietals and grapes. Yeah. Neither do I. I know though, when you go to the liquor store on the actual shelf, like there's the label where obviously the pricing is. And then beside that, it should tell you how many grams of sugar per liter. So yeah, it's actually on the label there. So make sure, yeah, when you're looking at the price, make sure you also check, cause it might say like, five grams per liter. And I always suggest looking for something that's like five grams and under. So sometimes people don't know. We don't don't have that. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh yeah. Definitely check. And I read the labels. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Next time you go into the LCBO, um, it'll be, it's not on the actual, well, well, we don't have that. We don't have that. We have uh, different, we have the BC liquor stores. So BCL. Oh, so there's, and we have probably different labeling laws, right? So every Everyone is different. That's interesting. Well, I know here, yeah, LCBO, they have um, the the tag that's on the actual shelf, not the bottle itself. On the tag, it will tell you the price. And then, yeah. So I'm sure. I wonder if you can ask and like, if I'm going to start demanding that. Yeah, totally. Know that was a thing. Yeah, so definitely look for that. It should be on the bottle. 
It like, should. If we're progressing as humans, we need to get better at labeling yes, things, right? So we absolutely. can make educated decisions for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I'm sure it's funny. Like I don't drink wine very often. So I'm like, I don't even know what the label on the bottle will, will really show, but I would hope that it's on there. But I, I just always look at the tag. That's, that's why. So that's how I know. Yeah. But, well, thank yeah. you. I'm going to have to propose that to my local government. Oh, definitely. It's They're key. really yeah. open to suggestions. Awesome. That's <laughs> Yeah. We'll see about that. Yeah. That could take a a while to implement. Yeah. Worth trying though, for sure. But worth looking at wherever you're, you know, everybody listening, maybe there is, um, and just even asking, um, at the store, right. Or wherever you're buying, um, buying the wine saying, is there someone to know, or even, I mean, I wonder if, you know, certain wines, like on their websites as well. Like there's a lot of information on websites. So maybe some of your favorites that you're, you know, repeat buying, maybe take a look um, on their websites and see what their, what the sugar content is. Yeah. And I mean, the staff there too, for the most part is pretty educated. So don't ever be afraid to ask, like ask the people there, like, Hey, I'm looking for a less sweet, drier, you know, drier wine. If you know anything about sugar content, that would be great. Like just ask them there. They're, they're pretty educated for the most part. Same with restaurants, by the way. I think that opens up a really important message. Don't be afraid to ask. I mean, this whole journey, you know, you have to empower yourself and take personal responsibility for your health, right. Or you're just a victim, you know, to the system. So really feeling empowered, asking these questions and, and asking for, you know, what doesn't have sugar in it and actually a note and very important piece as you're starting to ask those, most people in the population think sugar is white sugar. So you have to be really careful with your language and ask about sweeteners. So is there any sweetener in that almond milk or is there any sweetener in that uh, pasta sauce or, you know, at restaurants? So just asking for what sweeteners are in there or are there any sweeteners? Because people kind of relate that more with, oh yeah, there's maple syrup in it. But if you ask sugar, they'd say, no, there's no sugar in it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true because so many people do use maple syrup for cooking or raw honey for cooking. And, you know, the sauces contain a lot of those and you- Yeah. So that's a good point. Okay. So before I let you go, we are heading into the holiday season. And so I would love it if you can share some healthy holiday tips for our listeners, especially around sugar. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. I'm so glad that you asked this. It's actually funny at the time that we're, we're recording this, I'm planning some, some things for my community and sharing some, some of these tips. So you you're getting the sneak peek here, Amazing. (laughs) depending on when there's errors. Um, there's, there's so many things that we can do and I'd say the most powerful things, uh, is to really just be intentional about the holidays. So even just taking a minute and sitting down like you would plan on January 1st, your year, right? Uh, right. Cause we all do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, plan, you know, how you want to feel during this holiday season, like sit down and actually set some intentions for yourself and get in that mindset of, okay, like, what do I want this holiday season to look like? Obviously it's going to be different this year than it has ever been. So what things are you going to need to do or what things are important to you? Really getting clear on your priorities and your intentions um, and how you want to feel. I think that's one of the most powerful things any of us can do before, you know, we kind of just get swept into the holidays and before you know it, it's just this mess, right? And we're in it and we've never, we haven't put any intention before it, you know, so that's a really, really important one. The second one um, that I think is, you know, really a powerful choice. And it ties in with that is actually choosing your beliefs about the holidays. It's incredible. The Mm -hmm. amount of conversation I hear going on and I'm, I'm checking in with my clients and my, my communities. And, and there's this, these beliefs that the holiday season is stressful. The holidays are overwhelming. I am going to die. (laughs) Like this is going to be stressful. I have to do all the things 
you know, so these are beliefs and they're BS. You actually get to choose what you believe in a situation. And I actually just tested this for myself when we moved recently, because there's the same sort of societal beliefs when moving is stressful. And I was right. like, no, you know what? I'm going to see what happens if I choose moving is fun, fun and, totally. and an adventure. And we yep. had the best time moving. People thought we were crazy, but it was so fun. And, and that was just all because I chose to believe something different. And we can do that with our mind. This, I'm not talking about mind control here, but this is like the power <laughs> of choosing our beliefs and our energy behind something. So yep. I would challenge everyone listening to really sit down and, and write your new beliefs about the holidays. You know, the holidays are relaxing and joyous. You know, the holidays are fun and I have plenty of downtime for myself or whatever it is you want to create, put it into a belief format and repeat that to yourself multiple times a day, write it on your mirror everywhere and really start embodying that. So that's a really important one. I mean, getting into the, the right mindset, uh, planning ahead as well with meals can be really helpful. Uh, I always really focus on my meal planning around this time of year, making sure that I've got lots of uh, lots of emergency meals stocked up in the freezer that are healthy, you know, for, you know, days when I just need to grab something, um, even cooking ahead. I know you've mentioned you have lots of great, healthy, um, sugar-free um, desserts as well. Like you can prep yes. a bunch of those in advance and, and freeze them and have them Absolutely. there to take to a party or to, you know, when everyone else is indulging in something else, you can have one of those, you know, to help you keep on track. Um, so that can be a really, really big player in it as well. So that's huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you yeah. do around the holidays to kind of stay on track? Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely hit the nail on the whole beliefs. I love that so much because I mean, literally, at the time that we're recording this, it's, it's November 11th. And literally every day to my, to my partner, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for the holidays. It's going to be so fun. And we're going to have so much downtime. We're going to spend time with friends and family. Like, I'm just so happy about it, you know? And sometimes Gaytan gets into his moods and I'm just like, you are being such a Grinch about the holidays. Like, <laughs> what is your deal? Yeah. And he's just like, no, you know, he's like, I don't mean to be a Grinch. It's just, um, for him, he's just so like focusing on the now he's like, I haven't even given a thought about mm -hmm. that. Literally Christmas is like four, like four to five weeks away. You know, he's like, like the holiday, like I haven't even given it that thought that it's that coming up so soon. Right. So, um, that's why I kind of tease him about being a Grinch, but otherwise, yeah, like for, for us, we, we do plan ahead. That's key. I, I like to have a kind of a schedule, like what is happening when, what, you know, whose family and whose house are we going to on this day? And what, what does that all look like? And then it also, and then from there we can help with like planning and meals and what can we bring? And, you know, it's just being prepared. Like I don't show up to somebody's house without bringing something or at least having an idea of like, what is it that we're eating and, and honoring what works for me and being okay to have that conversation with people, you know, and just saying like, oh, okay, you know, it's great that you're cooking that. Unfortunately, you know, I have a bit of a sensitivity to, to dairy or to gluten or whatever. So I'm going to bring this. Is that okay? You know, like have that conversation with people, like really stand in your power and be okay to say that with something that doesn't work for you. Right. Yeah. And then also the other thing is just, I, I recognize my limits. So I know that, okay, we're going to be home. We're going to be off for two weeks, which is great. And I'm so excited about it, but you know, friends coming over, family coming over, being with all kinds of people and more food and more eating. And it's just, I know my limit if two days go by and I've just kind of overindulged and just eaten all of the things that third day, like, ugh, I just, mm. I can't, I can't do it, you know? So I really recognize my limits and know that, okay, if these two days, you know, we've got these family events and these parties and these things happening, like I need that third day to 
to really take care of me and kind of like reset. Um, that's, that's really important. Like just managing my downtime is, is, is really key for me and how much, how much I'm indulging. I like to look at basically the calendar ahead and be like, what does this look like in terms of the food and the dinner? Because I need to make sure I'm, I'm feeling and fueling my body the best as I, as I possibly can. Yeah. Amazing. I'm so, I'm so happy you talked about downtime there because that's such an important one for me. And I've noticed even, um, you know, warning to everyone out there who's relates to being an extrovert and then starts doing this inner work. (laughs) I've noticed that I've really shifted into like, into needing more downtime and needing more time by myself than I ever have in my life. Totally. One of the byproducts of like really tuning in. And that's the same thing around the holidays. Like I really ramp up my self-care. Like I make sure there's lots of days with nothing planned, there's lots of the time and, and with family, we're actually going on like a week long family vacation. There's going to be like too many of us. Yeah. It's probably illegal, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, I, I love to break the rules. So, um, you know, I know in that already prepping in advance, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to, you know, opt out of a lot of activities. I'm going to make sure I've got time to obviously continue my, you know, alone time, my journaling, my meditation, just even just being alone. And managing my energy. Cause I think that's one of the biggest things around the holidays. We give our energy away to everyone else, but us. So for sure, how can you, I mean, this is a question for your listeners, right? Like how can you really put yourself first and fill up your energy bucket first? And, um, another tip that came to me, you're talking, this is something that I definitely focus on over the holidays is having some sort of morning practice, even if it's just 10 minutes, like really starting your day with yourself, not giving your energy away. So, and, and throughout the day, finding those activities that fuel you, maybe it's going for a walk or, you know, taking the evening off and having a bath or, or saying no, this is such a powerful, like, I think a lot of people get stuck in the people pleasing. This is a whole conversation for another day. Right. But no boundaries, people pleasing kind of combination. Yep. That's a recipe for disaster. So I right here, right now, give you permission. And it's amazing how people need that. But the yep. permission to say no, you don't have to go to every party. Totally. You do not have to go to every family dinner. Yes. Uh, you know, looking after yourself and putting yourself first is one of the most empowering, empowering things. And, you know, I've had to kind of shift into that myself and um, you know, learn how to navigate. No, you know what, that evening is not going to work for me, but maybe another time. Right. And finding a language for that to, to guard your time, because you know, you've got, like you're saying, you know, maybe you've got two days of full events. That third day is sacred, like nothing planned, right. Because you know that you need that downtime. So you have permission to do that. And also to set your healthy boundaries, right. With people, you know, with social media, maybe you need some time offline, you know, and really, um, just starting to think about that for yourself and setting, setting it up. Cause you can create any kind of holiday season that you want. And, and really it takes sort of that intention, like we talked about and kind of thinking ahead about it. So I'm glad that we're talking about it now. So yeah. Prep in advance. Absolutely. No, it's great. I love that. You shared some really great tips and I just, I also feel, you know, something to add is like, ask for help. So many of us, you know, like, especially around the holidays is like, you take on all the things and it's like, okay, having everybody over and I'll prepare everything and I have to clean my house and I have to do all of this. And by by the time people even get there, you're like, I'm, I'm so exhausted. Right. Yeah. So like ask for help, do potlucks. You don't have to take it all on. And, you know, maybe you have a gift to yourself of hiring someone to come clean your house or whatever. You know what I mean? Like delegate that out. Just, it's okay to ask for help. You don't have to do it all and be superwoman, which, you know, we often, we often do. Yeah. Oh, I love, I'm so glad that you added that. 
That's so, so powerful. And also learning to like, just let go of all that, even thinking about the house cleaning thing. It's weird. I was, I was raised by a clean freak, but I never really worry about that. (laughs) When people come over, I'm like, this is how the house is. And actually I'm in like renovation mode right now. So I just don't care because I know that the state of my house has nothing to do with my identity. Of course. You know, the state has nothing to do with me as a human or what people, and obviously I have only have people in my lives who don't care about that stuff. Right. So, yeah, but yes, definitely nice. And I love that idea of hiring somebody to come in and and take care of that. And ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, you know, so incredible. We forget that. We forget to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, this was such an awesome conversation. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. Where can our audience connect with you and find you online? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. This has been so much fun. I want to just keep chatting for hours. I know we we totally could. So yeah, you can find me online. Uh, my website is danielledame.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at Danielle Dame and Facebook at Danielle Dame Coaching. Um, and I've also put together actually a little free gift that I wanted to give all of you as well that I think Samantha will link down below the podcast. Yes. It's um, a free three-part video series that I put together, really diving deeper than we were able to today in the emotional health um, and that connect- emotional connection to sugar conversation. There's workbooks and three videos to kind of walk you through a bit of a process and starting to practice some of these things that we talked about. So Amazing. really kind of building on what we chatted about and um, it's absolutely free. So I'll, I'll make sure the link uh, is below there for you guys. Yeah, for, for sure. We will put it in the show notes and everybody can access that. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. I really appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you everyone who is listening. Please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you and hopefully we can do this again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Danny and that you're going to implement the tools and the strategies that she shared on the episode today and really take charge of your health and your wellness this holiday season. You can follow Danielle over on Instagram at Danielle Deem. Her last name is spelled D-A-E-M and also her website, DanielDeem.com. And she also has some really great blogs and vlogs if you want to follow her on YouTube as well. So thank you so much for being here. And if you haven't left us a rating and a review, you can do so on any major podcast platform. It really means so much to us. It helps our show get out there and help more women across the globe. Thanks so much for being here. I'll chat with you all next week. Take care.